Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. I am one of your hosts, Angie Gabell. And I'm your co-host, Brittany Welch. And on today's episode, we're going to be putting you to sleep. It's going to be a real <laughs> snoozer. No, not really. Uh, it's actually going to be a very interesting uh, episode today about the importance of sleep and how it plays into your healthy life. And uh, so... Brittany, before we get started talking about sleep, I know yes. you're the one that's always usually sharing stories on the episodes recently, but I have a couple stories in relation to sleep that I want to share. I believe I suffer from something that's deemed a parasomnia or is in that family, which basically is kind of like sleepwalking. The right. best way I can describe it to people is like I'm half asleep and half awake at the same time, it's which terrifying. means I can, you can think I'm sleepwalking. I can convince you I'm not. Like I can talk to you in a way that to convince you, no, I know I'm awake. I know what I'm doing and I have to. So are you awake now? I'm just curious. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe this is the best performance <laughs> yet. Let's uh, see. <laughs> but uh, this has led to some interesting situations. Um, and a couple, I asked my wife this morning, like, do you remember? She's like, oh, I remember many of them. <laughs> um, so here's a couple. Generally, they involve me saving my wife from a train or I'll dive out of my bed. I mean, like, this is like diving into a pool, diving out of my bed. To, this is like, like gold medal husband of get, the year stuff. Get rid of a bomb or something. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> one time I remember waking up when I was, uh, I don't know, 18 or 19, and I had just finished throwing my mattress against my bedroom door. Okay, here's the worst part of that. One, I don't even know how I do that. I don't think I could throw my mattress now. It was a twin. It wasn't like a queen. But, uh, but the worst part is you wake up in that moment and I, all you want to do is go right back to sleep. And now I have to put the mattress back on the bed. I, I have to put the sheets on. I have to put the comforter on. Sounds like an utter nightmare. It was. It was like, uh, but it was more was, disappointing. And, that and was then, your like, biggest frustration? Ridiculous. Yeah, at waking that moment, up and seeing yeah, your it wasn't like what am I doing? Is like, man, this is gonna be a lot to go back to bed. <laughs> but uh, but another time, okay, I'm in Pittsburgh for a wedding, and basically uh, all the, all the guys are there, all the groomsmen are there, and we're all just crashing in a room, and I'm on the bed. So apparently, in the middle of the night, and one of the guys on the floor is watching this. this I get well. up and I stand on the bed like I'm a wrestler on a turnbuckle, <laughs> about to do a move, which I did like wrestling back in the day. I jump off, land on like the air mattress, and my knee comes down right in a guy's face. <laughs> and I fall forward, and like there's like this cabinet of china, and I like rock that. Luckily, nothing broke or fell off. Here's where the consequences come in. So, kind of wake up, go back to sleep. The next day, we're playing street hockey, and the guy who I fell on, he was British, so he didn't understand hockey at all or the rules <laughs> of street hockey, which is you don't lift your stick above your shin. He follows through, bam, yeah. right to my teeth, busts <gasps> my two front teeth out. The yeah. most hockey injury you could get. Yeah. Had to take a picture. It was terrible. I mean, uh, emergency dentistry. I mean, anyway, it's pretty baller, though. If you're going to hit a hockey injury, you're going to knock out your teeth. That, that's, that's the what you one. Want to yeah. Have yeah. Um, you so, did. I mean, you WrestleMania as somebody the night I wrestled, before. It's kind of your fault. I know. It's it is. Karma. I kind of felt, I was like, well, that was, that was some extreme karma. He didn't suffer that much. I wish you guys could much, have but. seen my face when he was telling me that. My jaw, I think, just hit the table. <laughs> I was just, I can picture it to you oh, standing on my bed, like, Arms brought out, like, I'm coming I, for I, you, <laughs> boom, just to the jaw. Dropping it, yeah, and the guy watching it, what is going on? Because people don't understand, they're like, what is happening? They really kind of can't comprehend yeah, they're it. just like, Andrew comes out to play at night, like, yeah, this is yeah. what happens. It's, it's super random, I've still never figured out an exact cause or when it'll happen, it seems to come in, like, uh, maybe a couple weeks at a time, but anyway, I thought maybe I'd share we'll some of those stories, today. hopefully <laughs> some of those were kind of interesting. But, uh, but now we're going to get into the real stuff that hopefully, hopefully that doesn't affect many of you out there. Um, but we're going to bring in our guest for this episode. He is Dr. Bobby Devari. He is a family doctor with Kaiser Permanente of Orange County, and he's the faculty instructor with the residency program there as well. So welcome to the show, Dr. Devari. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, he was on for a, a small segment a few podcasts ago, but we're here for the full episode now to talk about sleep. But before we do, we want to remind everyone, if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to the podcast. It's the quickest way to get every new episode delivered straight to your phone. All right, so let's jump in here, Dr. Dvari. Why the simple basic question, why do we sleep and what are the benefits of sleeping? Yeah, so we've been trying to figure out like the exact reason for eons, why people need to sleep. And we don't really have a specific measurement to go, gosh, this is the this is the blood test that we can check to see if you've gotten enough sleep or this is the exact measure for why we need sleep. What we do know is that when people don't sleep, bad things start to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the, the why um, is poorly understood, I would say. So mm. we don't really know what happens in there um, that supports the immune system or supports uh, your brain function and your memories. But we do know that without sleep, those things start to fail. So your mm. memory, um, your long-term memory stores start to fail, your short-term memories start to fail, and your immune function starts to be diminished. Mm. So, uh, so even with you know, one night of poor sleep, you start to see those effects as evidenced mm. by um, daylight savings. So mm, yes. if you look at daylight savings, I'm sure you all have heard this, but the, when we lose an hour, we, people lose an hour of sleep generally, um, they don't, because they don't go to bed any earlier, they right. just have to wake up earlier for work you see the rates of heart attack and stroke across the country go up by something like 10 to 15,000 more people. Um, And then it it goes, and then we save, you know, when daylight savings on the other end, you know, you save, save lives on the other end. So even one hour of sleep, when you multiply it by millions of people, you start to see those effects. It's measurable. But what happens during sleep to cause those issues were, really not sure. We just have to guess mm. um, by what ends up happening to people when they don't get to sleep. Now, there are people um, like Matthew Walker, who's a sleep specialist at Berkeley, and he's he's written a book about that with that title, Why We Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look at the you know, some of the details. But again, it's still conjecture. It's still under research. Right. But it's very interesting. Right. It's easier to see what kind of goes wrong right. with uh, yeah. if you don't get sleep, um, right. which is every I mean, everyone probably agrees like, yeah, I'd like to, I would like to sleep today. Like so everyone likes to sleep. So mm-hmm. um, what have OK, this gets a little scientific, maybe, but I think maybe it's kind of important. What happens to our bodies while we're sleeping in terms of like, you know, I hear terms like dopamine and serotonin mm-hmm. and melatonin. I don't really know what those things are is there a simple explanation or yeah I, I think so when you get natural sleep meaning you just you know you're you're not under the influence of any medications or or drugs or alcohol that normal natural sleep we call restorative restorative sleep it's restoring um essentially the levels of all those chemicals in your brain and okay. how it does that again we don't understand really mm. well um but what researchers will look at is the, your brain waves during sleep. They hook up these electrodes to your brain, mm-hmm. and they can see that there's distinct cycles that your brain goes through at hour one, hour two, hour three, when you fall asleep, that your brain waves begin to change during different parts of, of the sleep cycle. Mm. Um, and, and what we see is if you cut out, if you wake people up during different times, and disrupt their cycle at different times, they'll have various deficits in their memory. So short-term versus long-term. So there's different parts of the sleep. If you interrupt people, they have different deficits. So 
each part of the, of your sleep cycle at each hour is important for a different reason. Does that kind of is that why we sometimes can't remember dreams? Maybe because of what cycle we wake up in. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Exactly. And sometimes you can. But remember are you also it. like referring mm. to waking memories, or is this just referring to no? Sleep like memories? so, what what huh. they'll do is folks up at UC Berkeley have done studies where they'll let people sleep for only five hours a night for like mm -hmm. a week and then give them memory tests and see how they perform. And I'll give another group three hours a night to sleep and another group eight hours a night. I want to be in that group. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be in eight hours a night. Exactly. Just to be specific, yeah. they're, they're giving the memory test based on things that happened during the week, not while they were sleeping. No, no, just right? just, yeah. their, just a normal memory test. Just okay. to say, you know, just, to, wow. just testing their memories. Mm. And, and these are just different better. levels mm. of REM cycles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... That you need to hit? Right, so it's, I think it's better, I think, for our general sort of listener just to recognize that there are these different cycles mm -hmm. and they're all important. And they, had, they perform different functions. We used to think that only one type of like the REM was really important or the deep sleep was really important and right. the REM wasn't, mm -hmm. but they all kind of do different things. What's mm. interesting okay. is like the deep sleep is probably uh, good for, or, you know, is it functions to, to code in sort of general, getting rid of general like information that was superfluous that you didn't really need to know. Mm. And then REM sleep really lays down the fine memories, the fine details. Oh, okay. So if you need to learn something, for example, so that the take home message there is if you um, are just learning something, let's say you're learning a new sport mm -hmm. or you went, you went to the trainer and they taught you a bunch of exercises and you need to remember them. The best thing you can do is make sure that night you get a really good sleep. Ah, eight interesting. Hours of okay. Good, eight hours okay. of sleep. So right. eight hours is what you would recommend is good hours. That's a good, that's a good question. I think probably for the majority of people, you need somewhere between seven and nine hours. Right. Every night. Right. Every night. Right. Right. And that's not just like a restorative, well, that, I mean, restorative sleep. Yeah. You get That'll once get a you week. through all those cycles, essentially. Well, what, what I learned recently and what's really interesting is what we're finding is that the, the last couple hours of sleep are actually the most important. So a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll cut out those last couple hours to be able to go do some more stuff. Last mm. couple hours of uh, during the nighttime, yeah, or so the last in the couple morning, hours right before you wake right up. Before you those wake up, last right, right. couple Cutting hours it short, are super yeah. duper important. Mm. So if you go to bed, you know, at midnight, and you say, "Well, I'll just get six hours instead of the eight that I feel good on." Mm -hmm. Those last two hours actually are the most. That's when your body gets into the deepest cycles of sleep right. and the longest. So as you get further along in your sleep, those cycles of restorative sleep actually are the longest. So uh. you really want to make sure you don't skip out on those last couple hours. Yeah, really... Sure, no problem, doctor. I'll yeah. sleep in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my problem. That's yeah. really interesting you say that. Not to say that I am one of those people that sets 50 alarms in the morning and lets yeah. them go off for two Jeez, hours, yeah. but I might be one of those people. <laughs> and I've got to say, I think maybe that's why I have such disruptive sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. may have just literally hit it on the nose for me. Thank you, yeah. doctor. I may be cured. Well, yeah. yeah, what is that? <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on that. I, I've actually recently gone to a system where I don't set an alarm. Like I kind mm -hmm. of have figured, is it important to figure out what your specific sleep cycle is? Because I imagine you give a range seven to nine. That mm -hmm. means that there's going to be a variance between people. Some people might need seven is perfect for them. Some need nine, you know? Yeah. So there's people that have looked at this in terms of, you know, doing the test to see, you know, where they're, you know, how they, how they function and, and, you know, what, what the real range is, it's in, and if you talk to the specialists on this, most of them would say it's super rare to have someone that can be truly, that truly needs only like four hours of sleep. Right. The vast right. majority, 99% of people really need 
you know, seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And so you can't really, you know, mess with that. You just, it's like drinking water and, you know, breathing air. You just got to do it. You know, there's some people that can hold their breath for 20 minutes, (laughs) but that's pretty rare. So you really got to get that sleep uh, to about seven or eight hours for the most part. Right. I was just going to say, most people probably recognize that if you like, you know, I've figured out like a specific bedtime almost that I need to hit this range to have the most restful sleep. And if I go outside of that, I know I'm going to pay for it the next morning a little bit. And that kind of speaks to the. So you have kind of like a natural body clock going. Exactly. And I think it's kind of like figuring out what that is. And once you do, you're probably, you know, if you can stick to that, have the self-control, then that's So alarms, I, so you mentioned the alarms. That's, you know, I think it's good to try to get as much sleep as you can, but it's also good to have a regular wake cycle, sleep wake cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's probably better to have that time. You just wake up every day and you, and as you get older, that just like, you can't even get away. You don't even need an alarm. You just wake up at that time. Yeah. And so- you know, if it's a if you're a 10, 10 p.m. to six a.m. guy, great. Just keep that going. Um, some people with kids, it's like later is a little bit better, but mm-hmm. then the kids are waking up early, yep, so you're going to get right. up earlier. So you kind of have to figure that out. But what you can't do is cheat the system. Yep. So and I know yep. this from so I tell you my own sleep story. So when I was a resident in my training as mm-hmm. a doctor, um, you know, we would have to stay out for thirty sometimes longer, thirty hours, wow. thirty six hours straight. And I remember, you know, one of my first, you know, weeks doing that, I was just talking to a patient and in the middle of the interview, I fell asleep talking to her. Wow. The wow. next thing I remember yeah. is this little old lady is trying to wake, hey, doctor, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's just kind of passed out. Right. So you can't really, you can't, and, and we've actually, since those times, we've actually um, had duty hour restrictions. So right. doctors have to be allowed a certain amount of time to sleep because right. it's the right thing to do. They, right, yeah. You can't think straight without the sleep. Right, You yeah. can't cheat the system. Right. Well, I was just gonna, I was going to say going for 36 hours straight if you does it matter how you get the hours as long as you get them like splitting them up that way mm, I mean it's yeah. different Yeah, actually right. I mean this for is something fairly new we've learned is that you really do it needs to be continuous. Okay. Now, I don't want so one of the problems with saying this and sort of giving specific numbers is it actually generates a lot of anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> right? Which is right. anxiety right. is like the killer of good sleep. Yeah. So well, a better way to think of it is, is you know, I'm going to give myself eight hours of protected sleep time, not like I'm going to I'm gonna get eight hours of sleep, you know, or else. And it's just like, that's not the way to think about it. Because if you do, then what you're going to do is try to sleep. And the worst thing to do is to try to sleep. If you right, try, right, you can't. it's right. like you know, Yoda saying, which is, you know, do or do not. Right. There is no try. Right. So, right. You're, you're, so you're, getting, you're going to bed with the intention of relaxing. And if sleep happens, great. If it doesn't happen, well, you're relaxing in bed and you're and usually in about 20, 30 minutes, you'll fall asleep. Okay. And so if you don't fall asleep in 20, 30 minutes, you're supposed to get out of bed, go to a different room, do something boring, like your taxes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or read tax law or whatever. Um, and then and then and then try again. And so, but what people do is they get anxious about the number of hours. They'll mm-hmm. stay in bed right. and they'll go. I'm gonna lay here, gotta, gotta hit that number, but I'm right. gonna get that sleep. Right. Out of what come hell, hell or high right. water? As soon as they say <laughs> right. that, the last thing you're it's, gonna be able to do is yeah, sleep. So right. it's it's sort of one of those things where you know you almost have to not want to do it for it to happen. Right. You know, it's, That's it's so odd. true. It's the yeah. second you stop thinking about it, boom, you're boom. asleep. You finally yeah. fall asleep. So yeah. what I have to ask about naps because I'm a big fan of naps. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of naps, or is that something that 
is is helpful? There's, you know, if you, you'll, you'll get a lot of varying opinions on that. Um, I think that it's probably not good for someone who's a chronic insomnia person. Okay. And so you want to try someone chronic, meaning they're just having insomnia pretty regularly, three, four times a week. Okay. And if that's happening, you really need to let that sleep drive build. So there's a drive in your brain and there's a chemical that builds up over time that if you don't sleep, that chemical keeps building up until you finally have to sleep. There's nothing you can do. And so if you nap, you kind of short circuit that system. Caffeine does it too. I was going to say, is that, right? okay, Right. So you're sh when you short circuit right. the system, that, that chemical doesn't have time to build up and then it's going to disrupt your regular sort of sleep cycle. So now there's another sort of opinion, which is if, you, if you're in a performance sort of um, field, like I think the, the myth is that, that, that Tom Brady like takes an hour nap before each football game mm -hmm. or whatever, there, there's people that sort of espouse sort of getting these short power naps, so to speak. It's probably okay if you keep it under 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. But if you go any longer, now you're really starting to deplete that chemical that needs to build up to give you that drive to sleep. Right, that restful sleep at right. the end of the night. Right. Okay, you're, interesting. Yeah, and you had kind of touched on one of the uh, sleep issues we wanted to, to discuss, and it was insomnia. And you mm -hmm. had said for people that were having chronic insomnia like three times a week. So it's not necessarily an ongoing disorder. It's a it's something that's more of an occurrence, or is it not? Yeah, it's I'm not really. It's so with it's it. pretty rare for people to have such severe insomnia that it happens that often. Okay. Most people have a few nights a month of disrupted sleep for whatever reasoning. Most of it's related to anxiety, life stuff's happening and it's disrupting their sleep. The key is not to start labeling that too soon mm. as a medical problem because right. what you do then is you start to want to treat that with medicine or drugs or whatever it is right. to try to get yourself to hey, remember the mantra is do or do not there is no try so if you're medicating it you're trying if mm -hmm. you try mm -hmm. then you're not getting real natural sleep and it's the natural sleep that you're after right. any of the unnatural yeah if you take medications or drugs you will be unconscious right but you're not sleeping yeah. and what you're after is sleep so you could technically not be an insomniac or suffering from insomnia. It could be some sort of lifestyle yeah, choices you're making. Correct. And probably 90% of the people that come to see me for what they perceive as insomnia uh -huh. is really not insomnia. It's a lifestyle problem. And what right. types would you say you'd see the most or so, most common? Right. So, you know, I think, the, I think lack of exercise, mm -hmm. um, uh, poor diet, uh, and then really poor sleep hygiene habits. So for example, they have, um, everyone seems to have one now. They have like a 170 inch screen TV yeah. in their bedroom. Yes. Uh -huh. And, you know, right before they go to sleep, they're watching like, a, you know, gory shoot 'em up movie or whatever. Right. And their, right. their brain is excited. And those screens produce so much light that your brain gets confused. It doesn't know if it's nighttime or daytime. Right. And so oh, now your brain and your body's activated. All those endorphins are being released, right? You're being excited. And then they shut it off and they go, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm going to try to sleep. Right. And just, they shut it like off and go right to bed. Right. That's just not going to work. Right. So most people recommend now um, that you schedule about an hour before bed of sleep essentially preparation. Right, okay. So you're doing something like you're brushing your teeth, you're taking a warm shower, you're a hot shower, 
and you're just sort of going through a routine that's that explains to your brain, okay, this is this is wind down time, it's right. sleep time. Easy to say, hard to do with kids. Right, right e easier right. to do when you, if you're single, but it's right. you know. But you, I love my wind down yeah. time. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that yeah. hour before down. you braid your hair. But, that, but you know, right. some people right. consider watching TV their wind down time, and no, so it's I more know. like right. a changing a mentality of it. It's not for your brain. Like it, it, in a sense, you mm -hmm. might feel it that way, but your brain yeah. or the chemicals are reacting differently inside. And I would of you. assume phones too. Yeah, well, t well TV yeah. and phones are getting so fun. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. TV shows are way better. Yeah, yeah. You try to watch a TV show from like the 90s, it's yeah. really hard. <laughs> right. Nowadays, you like, you watch it. You ever watch the show 24? I mean, yeah, yeah, these yeah. shows, you're just like, you cannot okay, stop okay, watching. Watch They're the next so one. Good. Yeah. Right. You know, so you have to sort of, it's hard to do because the phones are really, I mean, these phones are built to keep your attention. They want mm -hmm. you to click on stuff. Yeah. Same with the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you have to sort of, you know, Get off that stuff and start doing other things. You know, go back to paper books. Everyone reads books on their phones now, right? Right. right. So, or you know, mm -hmm. read, a, read a newspaper or something. Get caught up on current events that way. Right. But if you watch the news, remember the news is built to get you to keep mm -hmm. watching it. Yeah, and worry TV. too. And There's worry. the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, there, you try know? to watch the news and go to <laughs> sleep. Yeah, it's, yeah, right. it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's interesting with the phones because it seems like they're trying to build some technological things in to help combat that. Like you know, I have things on my phone where you can make the screen go more amber rather than the blue. Mm -hmm. Light. Yeah, you can set up some wellness things where it's like, okay, it'll shut off these apps at this time. I mean, you can always just turn it back on because you're an adult. But right. at least it, it seems like maybe. Are you? Do you think that blue light versus amber light is that actually something that's helpful to do that? You know, I I I actually tried buying those blue blue light blocking glasses, and yeah. I didn't find it made that much of a difference. Um, mm. But. For some people, I have some patients that have used them. It's not a hard thing to do. They're like five bucks on Amazon or wherever mm -hmm. you buy stuff. You just buy one, just try it, see if right. it helps. But we probably are getting too much exposure. In fact, the summertime, you know, people get much, much less sleep because mm -hmm. it gets darker later. Later, right. So, you know, around five or six o'clock, you put on your blue light blocking glasses and then, you know, you're good to go. And then that tells your brain it's almost time for bed six hours later or five hours later, you go to bed. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think I think it's variable. It's surely better than taking medication. So right. you'd rather try that first. Yeah. You know, you'd rather try shutting off the TV an hour before bed or taking a warm shower. You'd rather right. do all these other things right. before taking medications. Because remember, the medications don't give you real sleep. You're either getting fake sleep. You're getting unconscious. Unconscious huh. and sleep are two different things. Yeah. That's so that's a really important take-home message. You want to get natural sleep, non-medicated, natural sleep. Medicated sleep, not real sleep. And there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of options to do that. But one that we haven't talked touched on a ton is exercising. So mm -hmm. how does exercise play into sleep? Yeah, so it it's a huge driver, sleep driver. So you need to get rid of those extra endorphins. And you're either going to do it with exercise or they're going to stick around and they will keep you awake. So we know that if you exercise, your anxiety level goes down. Your anxiety level goes down, you sleep better. We also know that it affects your body temperature, your core body temperature while you're exercising goes up. But then a few hours after that, it drops significantly. Uh. And that drop in body temperature, for some reason, helps you sleep better. And I don't know if you know this, but do you guys know what the what the best temperature is for your bedroom for sleep? Oh, Not I a want clue. to know so I bad. Maybe we should, I don't know. I feel like people got to subscribe to find out or right, something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's such a good teaser. Well, uh, take a guess. It? Take a guess. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say I like 
72. I think it's probably on the higher side. It's probably going to be like 78, 77. Yeah, it's actually 65 degrees. Holy moly. It's cold. Yeah, it's real cold. So you really need, it's just, it's a sleep sort of driver is to To be be colder and then bundle up. We don't really understand why. In fact, that's so interesting. Yeah, there's. But I keep waking up and I sleep with my door open lately Uh because it's been hot. But then in the middle of the night, it gets really cold because I live by the ocean. It keeps waking me up. Yeah. So you, but I'm not, I don't, I'm but not bundled that, enough. That, that could My be because of the shift, it. the yeah. dramatic shift from maybe. being such right. a temperature because it does get colder right before the sun rises and it's kind of that dramatic shift might be what's waking you up. Yeah. Huh. But that again, you know, so try to find, and maybe it's 65 for me, maybe it's 68 for you, right. but for yeah. the general population, it needs, it's around 65. And so again, there's so many of these little areas of like what we call sleep hygiene, uh, or like things you can do that are not medicine related, yeah. that you need to figure out before you go to a sleep specialist or before you take medications. There's just so many of these little nuances you need to figure out before you start medicating for sleep that right. you know it's, it's worth investigating these things on your own. You know, Try playing with the temperature a little bit. Try changing the mattress to something that's a little bit cooler. Yeah. Or right. if you're getting cold, something a little warmer. Um, so there's a, just a, there's so much there to right. work on. Sa- and you know, I'm a light sleeper, so earplugs are huge for me. Like mm. I gotta do earplugs. So, you know, I think it sort of depends on, or where you live, you know, if you've got an airport nearby, earplugs are the way to right, go. Right, you know? so, right, right. Yeah. yeah. There's um, one of the other uh, sleep disorders that we want to talk about that seems very common is sleep apnea. Can you kind of t- talk about sleep apnea and maybe what it is, what the challenges people face that deal with that and kind of how they ov- can overcome those? Yeah, so there's always that um, that you've ever heard of that that phrase that goes something like uh, uh, laugh and and your friends will laugh with you, but snore and you and you sleep alone. Oh right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so I had not. But yeah. I love that. I love that quote because no one likes to snore. Right. But not every everyone with sleep apnea snores, but sleep apnea is where you actually stop breathing in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. And for most people, the apnea is from being overweight. And that extra weight around your neck and in your jaw will actually collapse your airway and you'll stop getting enough oxygen to the brain Mm. and you'll stop breathing. And then as your oxygen levels in the brain drop, your body will suddenly wake you up and you have to take a breath. Now, if you talk to people with sleep apnea, they don't even realize they're waking up. They don't know that's happening. We've all had that phone call in the middle of the night that woke us up. We answered the phone, we talked to somebody, we hung up Mm -hmm. and and totally forget the next day you even had the call. And this is what happens to people with sleep apnea. Most of them don't even know. And so what they'll do is they'll come to me and they'll go, doc, you know, I don't understand. I'm just really sleepy, but I'm, I'm, I'm asleep for eight hours a night. Mm. They are asleep, but again, their, their sleep isn't eight hours continuous. It's getting disrupted every night. Every time they go into a deep sleep and the muscles of their neck and jaw relax, their airway closes and they wake themselves up. Not enough to be conscious, Wow. But enough to get into lighter sleep that they're waking themselves up so they can breathe. Right. So they what huh. they have are these micro awakenings all night long, and wow. they never get into good restorative sleep, which then affects their function at work. It affects their ability to exercise and so on, and it becomes a downward spiral because they're sleepy and they don't want to exercise. Right. When you don't sleep, you also are hungrier. You have wow. less ability yeah. to control your impulses. You eat more, so they end up eating wow. more, exercising less. They get bigger. Sleep apnea gets worse, worse right? More Does it only less. come from obesity or from being overweight? No, there's some some anatomical issues with the mouth that can that can cause it. So if mm-hmm. you have a really high palate, or you know, some people just have a really tight 
um, hypopharynx, the back of their throats just not formed correctly for mm. a good sleep. And so, but those are rare. So the most common thing is, yeah, people are overweight. You know, Wait, they're not right. exercising enough or right. eating well. So those things do have an impact over time. But the problem is that once it happens, it's really hard to reverse because of this downward spiral. Yeah, right. Rate. That seems like a very hard cycle you? to break. It's a very hard cycle, and you can. You so even 10, 5 to 10 pounds of weight loss, I've seen people go from okay. terrible sleep apnea to being feeling great. So really a lifestyle change can really make yeah. a huge difference in yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. You guys, in those situations, you pretty much immediately prescribe exercise because that's kind of, or a better diet like in combination those two that's always step one right because yeah, those right. are things that are essentially free for you and you can just do exercise and right. you can eat better just changing your diet you still have to eat right. but you're going to buy food anyway you might as well choose some healthier options right. but yeah that's that's always step one and then if people can't get better if their sleep apnea is really terrible there's there's devices we can give them to help them breathe better at night right is that yeah, like the CPAP, CPAP machine, CPAP or, machine yeah. correct. is it the mask mm -hmm. yeah. i have a friend that has the mask yeah. right yeah. it's just really hard to it's it's hard to get used to is, mm -hmm. you know putting that right. mask yeah on. I, mean, I can imagine it's it's and like, you almost don't want to get used to that because that's what you're just going to do the rest of the, you know, you want to attack it more with the lifestyle change right. than just having to have a machine on you. Every yeah. Day. I mean, there's just, we have, I mean, I have patients that just can't exercise because of their arthritis or something like that, or, you know, and so for those people, you have to use the CPAP machine to get them good sleep. Cause if they don't get good sleep, you know, that, that, that low oxygen level at night, it's like waking up with a concussion every day. Right? Wow. Yeah. So, cause you're just not getting oxygen. It's yeah. like getting hit in the head. Right. Same thing. So. What does happen to your mind and your body when you're not getting enough sleep? That's a good question. Yeah. So even, you know, even losing an hour or two of sleep does affect your ability to your performance. And mm -hmm. people have looked at this, you know, with memory tests and so on. Um, but again, you we have to be careful because you don't want people to get super anxious about, <laughs> you know, getting enough hours of sleep. You want to try to get as much natural sleep as you can. Everybody has some nighttime awakenings. Everybody on the planet has some days where they're just not sleeping that well. Right. And in those cases, the, the best thing to do is to change your relationship to the bedroom and sleep. So you have mm -hmm. to say, look, I'm just going to lay here and relax. And if I wake up and I'm up and I can't go back to bed after 20, 30 minutes, I'm going to think of that as a little bit of extra me time tonight. Mm -hmm. Get out of bed, do some reading, whatever. And then you try to go back to sleep. And your body will naturally go quicker through the phases to try to get you more good restorative yeah. sleep. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I've had the experience where I've gone to bed at like 10 p.m., woke up at 2 a.m. and can't sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I'm up with my me time reading journals, you know, doing taxes, reading tax law, whatever it is. Maybe <laughs> right. I do get out of sleep. All the exciting can't stuff. Go, <laughs> can't go back to bed until like 5 a.m. and I sleep for like an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'm up, I'm up and I feel great. You feel fine, right. And, and for some reason, your body rewards you for being patient uh. and just going back. And it kind of goes through the cycles really fast. Interesting. It gives you good sleep. Right. And, um, and that it, is so interesting. It's kind of crazy. Now, yeah. you can function okay on four or five hours of sleep. You'll still get through your day. But the worst thing to do is to lay there and go, oh, my gosh, I got these big meetings. If I don't get eight hours, I'm going to not perform well. And then and then right. I'm going to lose my job. And then da-da-da-da. And then what am I going to do about my Ferrari payments? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> another stress. Right. Yeah, right. It's like a living, sleeping nightmare. So I think an important key to that is with the me time when you wake up is that that me time should not be television on your phone, mm -hmm. it should be something, once again, more in your like um, prep time hour yeah. that you spend doing something like that that can make you sleepy rather than wake you up more. Yeah, like for, for anxious folks, we say I say, you know, sit down and just write down these thoughts that you have, put them on paper. 
Mm-hmm. If you sit down and write them all out, right. like yeah. sort of like stream of consciousness, you just yeah. write them all down, right? And for some reason, transferring that onto the paper gets it off your brain. Right. Because yeah. if you just do it in your brain, you get into this circular thinking where you like think about a problem and then you think about it another way and then you think of a solution, you come back to the same problem, right. go back again. It right. just kind of goes yeah. back and forth and it just, right. yeah, it never ends. Especially so. with the writing one. I mean, how it's... People, I feel like it's pretty rare to write something down anymore. So it'll be anymore? like, I'm exhausted yeah. at the right. end of this first sentence. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It helps me writing yeah. and reading yeah. a book. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like try not to. I read the paper books? Yeah, I read school? paper. Yeah, I nice. like, uh, love a good paper book. <laughs> I don't do, I don't do any. So I'll do Audible occasionally if I'm like doing long drives or something. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I prefer a paper book. But writing and reading before bed, I mean, mm. it's kind of sad, but it'll put you right to sleep. <laughs> but in the best way. Mm-hmm. Clears your head. Yeah. You have a, night, a good night's rest. And mm. yeah, there are these um, these apps now for sleep where you can actually listen to sleep stories, mm-hmm. and they have people with like really nice calming, soothing voices. voices. Yeah. Like, right. I did that one. Right. Oh, have yeah. you tried it? Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think? I, I it's funny because I like I got bedtime stories when I was a kid mm-hmm. going to sleep. So for me, it's a great trigger. I never thought about huh. yeah. doing that. Right. I I liked it. I. I almost want to reach out to my college economics professor. Economics, the word it was like, oh, Be- like Ferris most, Bueller's Day Off. It was yeah, like that guy right. just going monotone. I could like, not stay awake in his class. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I wish I could call him up. <laughs> my <laughs> app was literally <laughs> called Bedtime Stories, and but I did. I tried awesome. that as well. That's yeah. awesome. That's hilarious. Um, this is a little bit different, and I don't know if this is really something that's scientifically proven. But can you actually age physically in any way by a lack of sleep? Like, will it kind of age you faster by not getting the sleep, or well, I think in as much, I mean, in terms of how you look, probably not, but um, although that's debatable, I don't think anyone's Bags really studied that question. Yeah, like that, yeah. But, but I think w- what we're finding is, you know, if you don't get enough sleep, it does increase your risk for having all those problems that older people have. So mm. earlier heart attack, earlier strokes, you know, earlier health problems. Mm. And certainly what we find is if you don't get adequate sleep, it's much harder to lose weight. So if you're going to choose between getting eight hours of sleep or cutting it short, getting six hours of sleep and going and exercising, get the eight hours of sleep. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're getting that restorative sleep rather than shortcutting it to do other things. And it's right. we're finding now that it's almost like the most important thing out there. So d- yeah, and that seems like with nowadays with how busy everyone is and how every hour is filled in the day, it's like you've got to start making some tough choices mm-hmm. and start prioritizing things. And it sounds like sleep maybe should jump up your priority list if it's not and if you're struggling. Yeah. No, it's Which such, I believe in because I love yeah, sleep. It's such a high, <laughs> yeah, it's such a high priority that we're... Um, you know, at Kaiser Permanente, we're starting to explore ways to allow our patients who are hospitalized protected sleep time mm. so that we're not waking up to check their blood pressures. Right. We're not waking them up. And we're really making right. sure we're, we're really being careful about, you know, how we wake these folks up, how often we wake them up, and really measuring how, how much sleep they're getting and making sure they're getting enough protected time. Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that because my wife just had a baby, and so we've had two. So the experience this time, it felt like they were coming in and intruding during the night a lot less. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was that's like, it was kind so of interesting. interesting. Yeah. So I think we probably experienced that where they were more protecting that sleep, especially after you go through that. It's like sleep is probably very important. But that just goes so. to show how crucial like getting sleep yeah. actually mm-hmm. is. If doctors are taking note in terms of like not waking up patients to draw blood to or- do all that. And that's, yeah. a, that's a new yeah. phenomenon. We mm. used to say, remember when I, was, when I was in training, I remember, you know, the, the mantra was you sleep when you're dead. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're here to right. get, you're here to learn and let's go. Like. Right. 
you know, and right. the, the joke was, what's, what's the worst thing about being on call every other night? So when you're on call, you don't sleep. You're up all night taking mm -hmm. care of patients. And the answer was, you miss out on half the cases. Because <laughs> you want to get as much experience right, as you right, can. Yeah. But, the point, but if you do that, do it that way, you're not learning anything. Because right, you, you right. need the sleep to embed those memories in your brain. Right. So if you don't get the sleep, you're not embedding anything. Right. In your brain, you're just not learning at all. Mm. So. so it's like wasted waking hours. It's wasted time. Mm. Yeah, mm. exactly. Can sleep affect a person's metabolism? Uh, it obviously seems like it definitely can cause weight gain if you're not getting enough, but can it affect your metabolism depending on how you're sleeping? Yeah, we don't know why people, when they're not sleeping, they can't lose weight, but it probably has to do with their. I don't know if people have done that. I'm sure there, those studies have been done where they look at you know, your metabolic rate, depending mm -hmm. on how much sleep you've gotten. I'm sure that study's out there. Um, but uh, we, we do see that on the, on, you know, the results are there. You know, you, if you don't sleep, you're just not going to get the weight to come down. It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. It's very hard. Um, or at the very least, it's not sustainable, right? So right. You, you're right. eventually going to lose your energy and not be able to keep it up. Right. And for me in family medicine, I know my patients for, you know, years. It's not like I see them once and right. never again. And what I find is people that can, that come up with a sustainable approach do much better. So if they go, look, I'm just going to exercise these 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. Um, and it's not super duper crazy, impossible workouts. It's doable workouts. Some of my healthiest patients are elderly gardeners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. oh, they just garden yeah, every right, day, you know, 20, right. 30 minutes. They right. don't get hurt. Right. You know, they right. just do it every day yeah. and they sleep great. So, right. and so that, you know, the key is sustainability. And if you're cutting out sleep to exercise, mm -hmm. that's right. not really a sustainable practice. Right. So you want to make sure whatever you're changing in your life, you can keep doing it. Right. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's a fad, right. you know, and you're right. not going to keep it up. Yeah, There's exactly. No and I think we actually had someone write into the podcast kind of asking about um, weight fluctuations, but also saying, you know, like that, God, it seems like such a slow process to lose weight and they're exercising and everything. So this might be something where they actually look to their sleep. Maybe they're not right. getting yeah. enough sleep and that's what's hindering them from losing the weight. Even though they're doing everything else right, they're not doing their sleep right. right. Yeah, and you have to look at the high-performance world. Like if you, you know, with the performance athletes, mm -hmm. you know, NFL, baseball, whatever, those people are all going towards yeah. getting really a significant amount of sleep and protected sleep time. Same with uh, fighter pilots, same with doctors. So all these high-performing fields, but why can't the average person have the same approach to their life because you have right. to perform at work. Right. You know, you to, as a parent, you have to be on right. you know, on your toes. And so, you know, this is something that really could be used for everyone. This sort of mantra of getting good sleep and 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 you really have to make some sacrifices there. It's something you can't do in 24 hours. You just have to give it up and go to bed. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know the age-old saying waking up on the wrong side of the bed. How much does that actually true? How much does sleep affect one's mood? Yeah, I mean, gosh, when you ask me, I'm 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 a researcher too, so it's hard, it's hard oh, yeah. to answer that with like a like data. Uh, right. But uh, you know, we know that if you know if you're not getting good sleep and being sleepy and having to force yourself through, you know, being sleepy is you're gonna you're gonna be grumpy. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it does, and I think the 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 great example is. Our, our elderly patients are really a lot more sensitive to losing sleep, mm. and and there's. There's some estimates there that you know a large percentage of these of our patients that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia actually just 
need better sleep huh. and their, oh. their symptoms get better. Wow. wow. So you, when you're making that diagnosis, we always tell our, when I'm, when I'm training the physicians, I tell them you have to ask about sleep. You can't make the diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's without assessing how well someone is sleeping. Does that mean that wow. that is becoming a concern for a cause of dementia and Alzheimer's? Yeah. So again, you know, you need good sleep to really get memories to be yeah. embedded in your brain, right? To be right. coded in your brain. Right. So um, people that are, you know, chronically lacking sleep or forcing themselves to have less sleep yeah. do have long-term health consequences. And it has also, uh, not just with dementia, but also with um, uh, psychological issues, depression, mm. anxiety, and so mm. on. Right. So it's sort of a chicken and egg thing. You go, well, which came first? It's hard right. to know. Right. Um, but they, it's funny, they, there are folks, you know, back in the 70s and 80s that, that did these fad sort of, I won't sleep until like the, the Dodgers win the pennant or whatever. Or like, <laughs> yeah. the, the, oh, the disc jockeys kind of yeah, did that. A right, lot of them did right. this sort of thing. Yeah. And, and when they looked back at these people years later, they all suffered from really serious psychological wow. problems. Wow. And so, you well, know. you might have a psychological problem if that's your idea of what to do. I know, yeah, right? you know? yeah. So again, chicken well, and how egg, long, right? So. How long of a period of time were they doing that to have such a drastic impact Well, I think the guy them. that went the longest wasn't, wasn't a disc jockey. It was just a kid that just wanted to try it. I think yeah. he went like 17 days. Whoa! But that's Whoa. okay. Because so you for, start hallucinating at some point. Yeah, right? you start, there, I mean, just, yeah, that's, and he was forcing. It was right. just terrible. Yeah. But yeah. seventeen yeah. days in one lifetime for that to have a long detrimental effect—that's interesting to yeah, me. Right. I find that to be very interesting. I mean, you have people that are working the graveyard shifts or that work for yeah. long periods of time and then go to sleep, or even doctors that work for mm -hmm. long periods of time, right. time and then go to sleep, you know, for a longer period of time to catch up. Is mm -hmm. that enough for your body? Yeah, so oh, that's I'm glad you mentioned this. There, there is no catch up, so you okay. either do it or you don't do it, and okay. so you you lose out on that sleep, and that health effect is going to persist, you know, forever. You're right. gonna it, you took the hit. once again. Don't get too anxious about this. But don't get anxious <laughs> yeah. about it. About missing that sleep. So, but, but, you but know. to talk you know, for for the for our shift workers, we, that what they end up doing is they all have shift work, but then they haven't adjusted their lifestyle around the shift work. Okay. Because they still have to pick up their kids at school mm -hmm. at like seven. They get off work at you know six a.m. They have, and they have to take their kid to school at seven, and they're supposed to sleep you know till five or whatever. But they have to pick up their kid at three p.m. Mm. So they're not really sleeping eight hours. They're right. sleeping four or five hours, and then life happens. And so, if you are going to have shift work, you have to make the adjustment so that you're sleeping the eight hours. It almost doesn't matter when you do it during the day, right? but it needs to be dark in your room. It needs to be cool in your room. Remember the daytime, that's the warmest time of the right. day. It's light and bright. So you have to get blackout curtains and you got to do, you know, you, you got to do what you, you need got, to do. You got to do what you need to do to get yeah. that restorative sleep. You know, that's, that's something you can't get around. So you can't cheat the system. The system is there. It's, it's been built uh, you know, millions of years of evolution, you're not going to short circuit it and get away with it. You're going to pay the price later. Mm. So, sometimes the same I thing get, with, yeah. oh, sorry, what no, the saying? same thing with exercise and diet. You yeah. know, you can't, you don't, you don't go, well, I'm just going to exercise for 14 hours today and then not right. exercise for the rest of the month. Right. Same with yeah. brushing. I'm not going to brush my teeth for, I'm going to brush my teeth for seven hours today <laughs> and then I'm good for the next six months. Right. Oh, as like, a kid, right. I probably totally believe right. that. Yeah, you think that, right? Yeah. It should yeah. work. Yeah. It doesn't no, that, work that that's way. That's a great analogy. I mean, yeah. kind of going off of that though, when I feel like I 
on the weekends, if I get a really good night's rest, like I basically like hibernate for like 12 hours or so and I wake up, it feels like it takes me a lot longer to wake up or I'm a lot more tired in the morning. Why is that? Yeah, too much sleep is not good either. Okay. So there's this sort of balance, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, if you get too much sleep, we don't, you know, we don't really talk about it. It's not as big a problem. Someone's coming (laughs) in saying, I just get too much sleep. I don't really hear that (laughs) anymore. I just feel so groggy and I always wonder why I feel like I should be like, oh, I'm up, I'm moving, I'm awake. By the time I get up, I'm I'm good. Yeah. And so people, but the bigger problem is on the weekends, people change their sleep schedule. Uh They go out on a Friday night or Saturday night. They stay up till two in the morning. And now it's like your body's still waking up at 6 a.m., and so it's hard to stay asleep right. until eight or nine, especially because it gets bright early. So, right. Right. so blackout curtains, keeping the room cool, that will help you stay asleep. But it's not a common problem where people say, oh, I get too much sleep. It's like, right. doctor, I'm too muscular. What do right, I do? Right. You know, I'm, I'm too <laughs> yeah. fit. What do I, you know, it's no like, problem. I'm so buff. You know? So, no so one... it sounds like kind of consistency is the key there. Can you actually change your schedule and do, how long would that take you to change it to where this becomes your new norm? Like, let's say you have a normal nine to five job and now all of a sudden you have a graveyard. How long does that take to make that transition? And can you do that efficient, like in a way that works? Yeah. And again, that depends on the person's genetics and who they mm-hmm. are. There's some people that are great sleepers. It's like their superpower. Mm-hmm. You know, they just right. can go to bed, no problem. They, they And they're stay asleep and they're good. I know uh, a few people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. we hate those people. Right. Right? I just like don't live for <laughs> yeah. sleep like that and they live for sleep like that. And yeah. yeah. And, and they have no problem getting it. Yeah, it's Notice fantastic. who's being quiet here. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, je- I'm jealous. My sister would finish her food, push her table or push her plate forward like cross your arms and lay her head down oh, and that's take a nap. Me and your yeah. It was the cutest thing. Yeah, that's yeah, my mom, we'll always tell those stories about her. But yeah, that was Courtney. She'll sleep anywhere, anywhere <laughs> she goes. No, it's great. I mean, some people can, so for those people, and they can, they can change their schedule around, no mm. problem, it's easy. But I think you have to decide. You can't have it both ways. You can't, because you can pay, get paid more by working in the graveyard shift, right? right. But you, you know, you get paid more, but you're going to pay the price right. if you're not adjusting your sleep schedule. So how long does it take to kind of adjust your sleep schedule? It could be a few weeks, you know, before you can really make that transition. Mm-hmm. It's really, I mean, if you, have, if you think about jet lag, right? That's kind of a, mm, right. a smaller okay. sort of dose of that yeah. adjustment. It's really hard. Even a three-hour time change can really like disrupt your sleep for weeks, depending right. on what kind of person you are. If you're a really good sleeper, then it's not a problem. But for right. a lot of people, man, it, it gets them for a while. That's interesting you bring up jet lag. Do you believe that that's kind of what you should do when you go and you you should stay up as long as you can, that kind of yeah. thing? Is that that's kind of the best way to do that? Yeah, you really want to try to reset it so you're sleeping when it's dark out, when everybody else is sleeping. Okay. If not for anything else, except, you know, like if you're sleeping during the day, you're so much more likely to get woken up by something, noise or bright light coming in the room. And if you're in a foreign place and you don't have the right setting, warm rooms too warm or too, too light, you're just not going to, now Vegas is built around this, right? Those rooms get so dark. Right. Right. But you (laughs) know. And they keep that casino so cold. Yeah. The rooms are so cold. So. You know, the but sun only hits the pool for a certain time of day. Oh, they they got that. <laughs> they got it they all got dialed in, so you stay down. up all night and party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny. Do you think we're getting less sleep as a nation now than we used to get, and is that detrimental to our productivity as a country? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the the like I said, the 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 news is getting more exciting. You know, you know, you know. Most of the time, if you go, you know, if you look at what's happening politically or so on, things don't really change a whole lot. 
but you don't you don't get viewers if you go on the news and go, you know, nothing's going to happen today. Yeah, or, you know, right. probably nothing's going to change tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So just go to yeah. bed and everything will be okay. <laughs> but that's that's not going to get a lot of viewers. Right. And so, um, but yeah, with the phone now, you have a TV in your hand yeah. right, right next to your bed. And so I think that's an important point. If you're If you wake up in the middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m., the natural thing to do is to check your phone to make see what's going on with, you know, did I get a text message? Right. Did someone like the photo I posted on Instagram or whatever? Right. How many likes were there? Are there right. too many likes or <laughs> right. too little likes? Right. Yeah. It could go either way. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it true. becomes Depending like a very slippery is. slope. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. So right. if you're someone that kind of struggles with that, you you got to put your phone in a different room. Make it hard to get right. to. So if you're going to check your phone, that means you're up. Mm-hmm. You got, you're going to be up for a couple hours. Right. So you, know, you put it in a different room if you're, you know, if you're going to be too too tempted i uh, flip it mm-hmm. yeah flip it over flip it over yeah, yeah. that might be put enough face, for you put right. it face down yeah Good night. <laughs> yeah exactly put it to bed right yeah <laughs> tuck it in yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no but th- there's just so much excitement or that's now easily generated with with the media and with the right. phones and technology that you yeah we are getting a lot less sleep probably um and and i i think it's it's hard to change that because things are so tempting now right, I mean, right. there's so many interesting things the tv shows just by themselves or right. we could talk about that for an hour i'm right. saying there's so many cool shows out yeah right, now, so, <laughs> right you know but, but yeah but it's 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 hard to it's hard to turn them off you know once yeah. you get going some of these now if you notice if you watch like netflix or these other sh- like the the next episode comes up right away right away have you yeah. noticed that like and it'll skip around, the like, intro too so you don't yeah, even, you're like you i'm right that. it you it's like right no credits episode. no nothing, <laughs> nothing. boom right to the on. next episode but it's, you're like yeah it's good but not if you're trying to go to bed exactly. that's, that's the important thing exactly. right <laughs> well you've yeah. given us some really really good um simple things people can do to help change and alter their sleeping habits to um you know improve their sleep cycle uh, things like turning off your phone, not watching TV an hour before bed, exercise, getting up, going in different rooms. Is there anything else you would kind of want to leave us on or give a give us any other strong pointers in terms of uh, for people who do have trouble sleeping or anxiety while sleeping? Yeah, I think the, the key, I, and not to sound like a broken record, but the key is the intent. So mm-hmm. there is no trying to sleep. I know that sounds like you know, kind of silly, like yeah. new agey, but right. but it's important that you realize with sleep, it's a little bit different as an act. It's not really an activity per se. Right. It's like, a, it just happens because you these chemicals build up in your brain to help you to fall asleep naturally. And that that is the key is to the intent. When you get into bed, your intent is I'm going to relax. And right. if I sleep, if I fall asleep in the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes, great. If I don't, fine, I'll just get up and do something that I needed to do that's maybe a little more tedious, you know, right. something m- a little more boring. Your taxes. Your taxes. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then and then really you want to make sure you keep your bedroom geared towards sleep only. Sleep and sex, that's it. That's all that happens <laughs> right, in that bed. Right. But a lot of people will, you know, will do work in bed, you know. They'll be up working yeah. on reports in bed. They'll be reviewing some emails for work in bed. And that is that is like the kiss of death for sleep. You don't want to be doing where your laptop in bed, you know, that laptop shouldn't come into bedroom at all ever. So your bedroom should strictly be it's for sleep. bedroom. Right. Oh, it's a bedroom. You shouldn't have a TV in your bedroom. You shouldn't have a desk in your bedroom. If you're working in your bedroom, right. then your brain says, 
the bedroom is for work. Right. Andrew, would you ever get rid of your, your TV in your bedroom? I don't have a TV in my bedroom, <gasps> actually. Wow. You yeah. haven't dropped that this whole episode? I, I actually don't. Maybe that's why I get now. such good sleep. That's I don't know. Right. I, don't know. Look at yeah, you. I don't have a TV in my Look bedroom. I don't have a desk either. No, we're, you're just contemplating it, but move the you're desk. You're disarming downstairs, bombs. So. Yeah, yeah. Your wife <laughs> and your sleep instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Davari, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You bet. My pleasure. Love talking to you. Thanks for having me. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And don't forget that you can uh, join us on social media. You can join the conversation. Leave a hashtag, Living Healthy Podcast, any of our social channels. Please subscribe if you aren't already a subscriber. And until next time, we'll see you in the gym.